in studio with us, Gareth Abdenor, uh, partner with Mallee & Co. Solicitors. G'day, Gareth. G'day, guys. Nice hey, to have you back in the studio, mate. Oh, yes. it's lovely. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> yes. So you've been flat out? Yeah, it's been really, really busy. Oh, a, really as busy. a uh, lawyer, are you? did you work through as an essential worker? Uh, yeah, so we were working from home, right. and um, obviously the kind of work I do, I was I was pretty flat out. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. of course, employment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, 0800 80 10 80 is our phone number, 0800 80 10 80. Or you're welcome to text your question if you're a bit uncomfortable to speak on air. We understand that. So you can text your question to 9292. That's our mobile number. We've got a couple of text questions already for you, Gareth. All right. Yes, the question is, is it normal for an employer to break the COVID wage subsidy into days, like $120 per day, you know, 1200 divided by 10 working days for a fortnight, rather than pay it in a bulk sum? Because what the issue was, as I understand it, is that this person was a an essential worker, but they only worked nine of the ten days. Oh, okay. Um, no, I've 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 never heard of that happening before. Um, my recollection from the last lockdown is one of the issues we had is that um, there was confusion between the employer's obligation to the employee and the employer's rights and obligations to uh, the the government for the subsidy. Mm. So the amount of the subsidy gets paid to the employer and then it's up to the employer what arrangement they have with the employee. So if they consulted on that uh, and got agreement, uh, I suppose it's it's possible, but I've, I've never heard of that happening. So it would be unusual. Okay. Hi, Gareth, says Jonathan, my boss is putting a lot of pressure on the staff to get vaccinated. I really don't want to. Um, what are your views on that? Do I have a right to turn that down? Well, it really depends on what kind of work you do uh, and what industry you're in, uh, because at the moment the situation is uh, some industries, uh, border workers, etc. cetera, um, the government has uh, made an order that those workers need to be vaccinated and, and there was a a decision uh, very recently, I think last week, that said, you know, that that is okay. Mm. Employers in those situations can require people to be vaccinated. Mm. Um, of course, if you're not in one of those categories where the government has mandated it, it really depends on what the health and safety risks are in in your workplace, in the work that you do. Mm. So arguably, if you work in a retirement village, where they're vulnerable people, um, potentially the employer could require it, but they do need to go through a process. Right. It's going to be fraught in months to come and years to come, it is. isn't it? It know? is, definitely, because you know a, a lot of employers do work uh, for other companies that require uh, yeah. people coming on site to be vaccinated. So it's not straightforward. Yeah. Gareth, a text question here. Uh, under Level 3, can an employer force a worker to work at the office or lose their holiday entitlements? So my understanding of the restrictions under Level 3 are that uh, people are encouraged to uh, work from home uh, unless they are unable to do that. So this would really depend on, on this particular worker and the work they do. Can they work from home or do they need to go into the office? Right. If they need to go into the office, 
then potentially I could see the employer requiring them to do that. And if they choose not to, then they may have to take holidays. Oh, gee, okay. Thank you for your text questions. 0800 80 10 80. Hey guys, so I've just been told today that I'll only be getting paid 70% of my salary for the whole month when we've only been in level t- uh, four for two weeks. So they're saying that they should be paid, I suppose, full for two weeks and then the uh, 600 per week for the next two weeks. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Is that how it works? That's what it sounds like. But I guess the red flag to me is it's quite odd for an employer just to be telling an employee that they're going to have a reduction in their pay. I I would expect a discussion um, because you generally need an agreement. Um, And that's where a lot of companies came unstuck under Mm. the last lockdown. Mm. Mm. That, it has to be through agreement. That's the most. Yeah. Key, that's the key point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hello, Peter. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, Gareth. Um, my question is: I got two parts. I've been on both sides of the fence as an employer and an employee. Firstly, um, is it legal for you, the company, to only pay you sixty percent of your wages when you have an employment contract um, with them to state the terms of your employment and how you're to be paid? That hasn't been addressed anywhere in legislation from what I can see. And I would say, um, and on, from the other side of the fence, I've been taken to the employment court because I didn't follow the rules to the exact letter and, and they didn't have a support person with them or, or a word was missed out in the discussion. And yet it cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. Yet, I, I as an employee, I can be told I'm not going to get all my money and my wages because uh, of COVID, yet I have an employment contract that says I should. Great questions, Peter. Thank you very much. So the de- dealing with your first question, um, the general rule is that if there is going to be a variation in what you paid, that needs to be discussed with you. And uh, depending on the circumstances, there needs to be agreement to that. And um, I'm not sure if you just heard the previous text message that we discussed um, but it's, it's exactly the same principle. Unless there are pretty exceptional reasons, there needs to be a discussion between the employer and the employee if you are changing what's in the agreement. Um, moving on to the second one, obviously I don't know enough about your case to comment on it and it sounds like it's before the court, uh, but uh, there is a principle that um, if there is a minor um, departure from what's expected and it doesn't uh, materially change the outcome, uh, then the court or the authority can take that into account. Uh, But at the end of the day, employment law has got more and more complicated over the past 15 years and it's very difficult for employers to get right, even when they mean well. Mm. Does that help you, Peter? Well, not really because, you know, if you've got an employment contract, in other words, it means nothing if something like this comes along. Absolutely nothing. Well, because no, I, I, I disagree with you, Peter. You you do have the right to raise a personal grievance if you're unhappy with what's happened. However, as I always say, if if you're not happy, raise it with your employer and see what they have to say. Um, it, it may be a mix-up, and if it's not a mix-up, then you can raise a personal grievance. But the real world is they, they can't get, you can't get blood out of the stone. If they're not making money, how are they going to pay me? I mean, it's a hypothetical in a way, but it's, 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 it's a crazy system. We yeah, have that's, I, I, I agree. That, mm. that is a real difficulty. Um, 
sometimes there is no money and so it's not actually worth pursuing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peter, thank you for raising it. Actually, on that subject, this is an, I think this is a very interesting question. Uh, it says, hi, Gareth. As an employer that has applied for the wage subsidy, my staff are pushing me to up their wage to 80%. This is going to cost me to do that $1,600 per week. I can't afford to do it. Can I simply not apply for the subsidy and put them on LWOP, which leave I guess is leave without pay? pay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that may be an option. Uh, and that's the difficult choice that employers are having to to grapple with. What we saw in the last lockdown is a lot of employers applied for the wage subsidy and then they had all of these obligations which actually put them in a worse position. Mm. Um, the wage subsidy is designed for for people on a lower wage. And if you have a business where people are on a significantly higher wage than the minimum wage, the difference between mm. the wage subsidy and what you actually have to pay people is quite substantial. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I think of some of those businesses up in Auckland that that have been under level four for what it's, it's going on five weeks now. Mm. Um, if you've got no income coming in, it's really difficult to pay those wages. Um, for most businesses, wages is the biggest bill you have. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean that that may be one of the situations, and I really suggest that this person gets some legal advice mm-hmm. uh, because. Uh, what would be awful is if he makes one of these choices which will have consequences without without discussing those and getting advice on it. Hello, Paul. Hi, uh, um, I've got a friend who's starting a new job. He's not getting paid, but just on commission. Can they do that? Um, it depends on what sort of work this person is doing. As an employee, he's just doing appetite, you know, just making money yeah. for people, and you know, and, and yeah. he, he he gets his uh, percentage of the profit or something. Yeah, yeah. If if he's an independent contractor, potentially he could be paid on a commission basis only. Um, uh, I, I, if he's we, an employee, he, 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 then the minimum wage uh, applies, and if he's doing work, he needs to be paid at least the minimum wage for every hour of work that he's doing. So I would look carefully at his contract. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, all he's doing is he's not earning no wages and he's just earning the commission, the the commission. commission only. Yeah, that, yeah, that is possible. Paul, thank you for your call. Hi, Gareth. Uh, text here. Can a company that's not qualified for the wage subsidy scheme uh, make a worker take annual leave to get the usual pay? Can they make them do that? That's a great question. Um I don't think we have enough information there, James, to to provide an answer uh, because a lot will depend on the other circumstances. But it would be quite unusual if an employer could say on the one hand that they haven't been impacted enough to qualify for the wage subsidy, mm. Mm. but on the other hand, mm. people have to take annual leave. Of course, if the person can't work from home, uh, and therefore might, uh, you know, the force majeure clause in the contract or leave without pay might be on on the table. I could see a situation where the parties might agree that the employee takes annual leave. But I'd be very surprised if an employer could force them to. 
Yeah. One more quick question before the break. I reckon this is a good one too. There's some wonderful questions coming yeah, with your job. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a can of worms, isn't oh, it? it? I love it. I don't know how you do your job. <laughs> Holy heck. <laughs> Gareth, um, our collective employment agreement lapsed on the 28th of February 2020. Is there any legal requirement to get it sorted within a certain time frame? Yeah, that's a good question. There, there are requirements in the Act about collective bargaining and uh, my understanding uh, off the top of my head is that as, as long as one of the parties has commenced bargaining for a new agreement, uh, then the old agreement continues to apply for 12 months. Now, the parties have to bargain in good faith to try and reach a new agreement. And if they can't do that, then there are steps in place uh, where it gets referred to mediation. And if that doesn't work, the Employment Relations Authority gets involved. Right. So this has been a year and a half, 28th of February 2020, and we're at September 21. Yeah. So, I mean, it it really depends on whether the parties are still bargaining in good faith. Right. Um, and if they're not? And if they're not, then I expect it. One of those other steps would have been triggered. Um, but, you know, collective bargaining is a difficult one. And I just think of the the bargaining between the nurses union and the district health yeah, board. Yeah. Like mm. that's been going on a while. Mm. Hi there, Dave. Yeah, good day. Uh, and my experience is we was coming out of the lockdown. We had a meeting with the um, the guys. They wanted to be, be um, paid the full pay for their um, time that were away. Um the manager of our site had went into the uh, agreement, like the agreement and also the law, and apparently um, the company cannot um, force an employee to uh, use their leave to um, to make up their pay, and, but, they, but they can make them take leave, but they've got to give a fortnight's notice for this. So all the people, so we, if the guys wanted to top up their wages with their um, employee um, employment, yeah, sorry, the holidays, like I did, they had to be consulted by their boss or their um, team leader or something, which happened in my case. And the two of us in our department, they, we agreed to, to top up. I either use one day, and then my uh, uh, co-worker used the whole of his leave, uh, a whole of it to top up to the to the top. Right. That's that's right, Dave. You're you're bang on the money. Uh, an employer can require an employee to take leave if they give them 14 days' notice. Of course. That's difficult when level four sprung on us with what was it three and a half hours notice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the alternative to requiring someone to take leave is to reach agreement. And I've worked with a lot of employees and employers where they had that discussion and they reached agreement because ultimately yeah. it's best for everyone if people can stay employed. Yeah, Dave, I hope that satisfies your question. Thank you very much for calling, Gareth. Got to leave it there. Always so good to get you in. Yeah, my nice. pleasure. Lovely. Gareth Abdenor, just a reminder, the content of this segment is general in nature and is not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such.